reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Dr. C. Victor Herbin III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I've been missing you, my brother, Dr. C. Victor Herbin III. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. My man, since the last time we've been on, not much is going on in the sports world, but man, we lost a couple of giants this year in the sports world. So I would love us to be able to talk about that. But if you give me a second, let me let me give our audience a health tip. It's on my mind, it's on my brain. Fellas, guys, girls as well. I need y'all to think about your health. So in the military, we often get a letter or we get a notice. Go to your annual screening. Go to your annual and get your annual checkup. Well, for you guys that are in the military, once you get out of the military, what are you doing? Are you still getting your annuals done? Are you are you getting that screening done? Because what's important is early detection. Cancer is running rampant. Uh, it's It's been hit in my family and my family in particular. So I'm scared. But we don't have to be as scared because of the technology now to catch it early. So the most important thing that I want to share with you is early detection. Military or not, guy, girl, early detection, your chances for a better prognosis are increased when you have that early detection. Guys, it's, it's te testicle testing. It's breast cancer also for guys, girls. It's just being able to, if something doesn't seem right, doesn't feel right, go see your doctor. And, and it's important too that you, if you don't like what you're hearing, it's okay to get a second opinion. But what I want to share with you now, it's just, please, please get your checkups, get your follow-ups, keep going. I need you well, I need you healthy so we can enjoy our sporting events so that we can have our family and enjoy our family events and that we can enjoy our grandchildren and our future uh, generations. Let's also teach our children how important our health is. And that's by going early, going often, going as needed, okay? But don't just stick your head in the sand and act like it doesn't happen or it doesn't occur. It ha it's happening to all of us. And so uh, save yourself a lot of uh, aggravation. Please get your checkups. That's your medical tip for today. Vic, I toss it to you, sir. Uh, great, great advice. Um, you know, one of the things we learn as we continue to go through this life journey is medical health, and particularly as Black men. Uh, prostate cancer and colon cancer are, are two of our number one killers. And because, unfortunately, a lot of times in the Black community, Black families, we don't talk a lot about medical history. 
And it, it takes to that last point where you go to an appointment and you find out that something has a, you know, you have cancer, you have some, some disease that you're, that is so far gone that you, it's unrecoverable. And so I think it's very important we had that dialogue. We continue having that dialogue against amongst men, particularly against black men. Uh, I'm definitely have scheduled my my uh, colon uh, screening as well as my my prostate screening later on this month, just because I want to get to that time. I want to start adding that to my my annual regimen of health and wellness. I had desires to stay around to watch my great kid, my great grands. And possibly a great, great. But if I don't take those proactive uh, steps now in my mid ages, in my 40s, uh, trying to catch up to that in my 50s and 60s, I may be missing the mark somewhere. So, again, great, great medical advice there, um, uh, fellas. Let's take care of us so we can take care of our families. All right. With that, um, I'm going to tell you, bro, it has been a while. And I'm, I'm sporting my purple and gold. It's never been a surprise. Who I am, what I am, right? Five Lambda 95. Spring 95, Lambda Chapter, University of Southern California. That's right. 27 years sporting this purple and gold. Let me let me clarify that. 27 years sporting this royal purple, old gold. The bruz was out. I am still recovering. And I was at the conclave <laughs> the 22nd through the 26th of July. That's why your boy, you had seen your boy. I, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even camera ready, and thank goodness because there's no telling what could have happened on this show had y'all aired me any time between the last couple of weeks. But <laughs> to the greatest fraternity in the universe, I tell the bros again, happy. It was a great conclave, 83rd conclave. We held it down in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm sporting this 2002 Grand Conclave that happened in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, when I was there seven years crossing on burning sand. So it's great to be back after 20 years. I applaud Charlotte for a great uh, experience, uh, being able to see a brother Ben Crump and 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 his documentary he provided that's that's airing on a Netflix called Civil. Seeing brother Ricky Smiley, seeing brother George Clinton, happy birthday, 81st birthday. And of course, uh, our, our, one of our, our greatest brothers of the fraternity, brother Jesse Jackson, spending time. So again, I've been out. I've been on the run, been on the go. So your brother is recovering. So uh, this, this, be patient with me today as I get my sea legs back in order. But hey, I love the fans. I missed you all. But that's where your boy's been for the last couple. Awesome, brother. And we missed you. So, uh, are you ready now? Are you ready? We're going to start this off, man, sister. by talking about <laughs> <laughs> a giant in the NBA, Bill Russell. We're going to lead off the show with that. I will say this, bro. He wore Celtic green. I'm purple and gold, Lakers purple and gold. In my infancy, in growing up, purple and gold, and Celtic Green just did not mix. And that led to my ignorance, even into my adult age, of his brilliance. I'm talking about Bill Russell. Because I was so uh, anti-Celtic, I didn't get a chance to learn about the man, to see what he did, not only on the court. I wanted him to be, get beat down on the court. 
But what I've learned off the court as an adult, I wish I took a little bit more time in my youth to understand his impact, not only in the game of basketball, but in the black man's world, in his time, in his day. We're talking about the 50s and the 60s, what he had to go through. I was looking at it as a fan. Lakers, Celtics, Chamberlain, beating. Nope, it didn't happen. Okay, anybody from the Purple and Gold beating. Well, he was that good. So I, I, I learned to, I won't say hate him, but just I did not have a like for him, okay? That's my bad. Now I'm looking at his doc, uh, several documentaries, several things that have happened in his passing, and even before then on his stance for civil rights off the court now. But what happened to him and his family in Boston, what he was going through to be the first black manager of American sports to be upfront and center for civil rights. I'm like, okay, well, he's worth paying attention to. It's not about fandom. It's not about black. He was doing this for civil rights. He was doing this not only for the black, but he was doing for what was right. So I need to apologize to you, Mr. Russell, in your uh, passing. I need to apologize to you because I didn't give you the respect that you justly deserve. I have a newfound respect for you now. And it's like, wow, what have you learned, Tim? Okay, maybe I need to appreciate these guys. Maybe these guys are deeper than just basketball players. Maybe these, well, he was. He was legendary on the court, legendary off the court. I can talk about on the court, but we can go back and forth because I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, but let's go back and forth on Bill Russell, bro. Uh, I just want to say legend on and off and you wore Celtic green with pride, but you wore black with pride as much. We pay homage to Mr. Bill Russell. I agree with you. I, I'm a 70s baby. So my indoctrination to the Laker Purple and Gold was those early 80s, and I grew to hate the Celtics. So I never got a chance to really understand who the Celtics were other than what I knew about Larry Bird. And that was my entry to the Celtic lore, and I despised them. I despised them. And for whatever reason, I was bred into that and not and really looking at Boston, the whole team as a I, I, I I'll say it. I had stereotype of a very racist organization, not giving opportunity for black. And it made and that's what 80s basketball, 80s media, let me say it that way, made it between white Larry Bird versus black Magic Johnson. And that was it for me. So not really understanding, as you stated, to look at Bill Russell 
and look at anyone from the Boston Celtics as a man first, player next, a player for this team, and not allow the team to define who this person is. I didn't like the Paris. I didn't like the Leitner. I mean, the Paris and McHale, all that. So I never gave a chance. And you're right. As I've aged, to be able to see some black and white footage of Bill Russell with the likes of the Muhammad Ali's, with the Malcolm X's, with the Jim Brown signing uh, legislation, meeting with uh, political leaders during a tumultuous time of our history and American history. It's like, yo, how he used his platform to make change. How he used his platform. And we're talking about something that I remember so vividly in the late 80s, early 90s. Charles Barkley said, I'm not a role model. Whoa, bro. I got to check you on that. This is the 90s. If he knows his history enough to say, wait a minute, 20 years, 30, 40 years ago, they are a role models. Again, the Bill Russells, the Jackie Robinsons, the uh, Jim Browns. So where would Charles Barkley even get that notion to make that statement when someone as respected as Bill Russell stood up when it was not popular, who put his career on the line, put his life on the line, put his familyhood, his family's life on the line in a very tumultuous time? Again, we, we can we can speak about the times of Boston, a very racist area, what he had to encounter. And so to really I don't. I, I can't say media did not do it justice because I, to your point, I have to own my own ignorance. What research did I do to understand who this great giant was on the court and off the court before I blame anyone and not highlighting what he's done? We would always see him smiling with that nice gray beard at courtside or at these Hall of Fame ceremonies. But I don't recall, again, it's my ignorance hearing a lot of, this is what this man has done. We will talk about the Jackie Robinson's as pioneers. We will talk about the Muhammad Ali's. We'll talk about all these greats in sports of pioneers. I just had not heard or them highlight the value of Bill Russell was to us as a people. And yes, shame on me. Shame on me for that. And, and I'm glad that there's a lot of time being dedicated to him this week. Uh, the documentaries are showing his value uh, and, and the shoes that we we aim to walk in. And I hope that the the new generation of NBA players understand the the be social socially conscious. And I have learned, even as an older NBA fan, to take the team away from identifying that person and truly look at these people, these men who are doing great things off the court and give them that credit as opposed to the uniform that they're wearing. Yes. Well said. Well said. I mean, the, the things that he had to go through, I I don't know if you heard about his home being vandalized and feces is spread in his home. You know, that's in Boston to be able to go on the road as a black player, but a great black player. And then to be, told you can't stay at this hotel with your white players. And you were the reason why they were doing and being so good. And so I I love hearing that when that did occur, how the Celtics as a unit would say, oh, if he's going to be taken and undone this way, we're not staying together. And I mind you, he wasn't making a whole lot of money and he's willing to go on strike. He's willing to stand up and sacrifice all that. It's not like Kyrie today who's making a lot of money can afford to quit. No, he stood on 
principle. He stood up for what was unjust for the black, for us, and at, for every other player too. And so to have that vision he had, to know that he's got to make a stand, he's got to make a stand now, and he was great in doing that, and he stood, okay? He didn't waver, and he stood to the point where when he got uh, uh, indoctrinated into the Hall of Fame, he, he didn't want anybody to be there. He didn't go. When he had his jersey retired, he didn't want fans to come because he the same people, and he took all Boston Knights the same. And he said this. He said this. I play for the Boston Celtics. I don't play for the fans. I'm like, okay, 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 Bill. I got you. I got you to have gone through all of that and still be dignified and to be revered and still be great. You know, he can play for these white people and be great at it because and it was a gift that he had. So I have learned to now uh, a newfound respect for you, Mr. Bill. I'm still trying to figure out how come nobody gives you that greatest ever, the GOAT label. How come they don't? When you're the most decorated champion in all American sports, not just the NBA. So how are you ignored as being the GOAT? Are we just caught up in the moment, recency bias? What is our problem? Probably all the above. So we are taking this moment, uh, Mr. Bill Russell, and to the family, we offer our condolences, but you are the GOAT right now, today, in my opinion. And I, I need to give you that today, right now. You deserve GOAT status, sir. I mean, hey, um, I mean, you hit it. Like, why has he not been highlighted as a living legend, but the most winningest? I mean, why? Why, why is it Tom Brady? Why is it uh, uh, not even, I mean, shouldn't he be LeBron? Because he has the one that manager. Why is it Tom Brady? Why is it Michael Jordan? Why is it not Bill Russell? There's no Kareem Abdul Jabbar without Bill Russell. There's no Jordan. These jokers can't even play in the league without that. Kareem is an activist, but that's the 70s, the 60s and 70s. Bill Russell's already in the league for a couple, uh, like a decade already. So he's paving the way. Is it because history does not want to highlight that that dark past of, of the NBA? I don't know, but right, you why would he not be? And 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 why does it take his passing for us to realize, dang. This dude was something, right. and that quote, I didn't play for the city of Boston. I played for the Boston Celtics. And I will be, I will stay right here on tape with, with Steve as our producer and a diehard Boston Celtics fan. I have to look at Boston Celtic team in a different light, only because, one, they gave him that opportunity. And, and again, right. you, you talked about his teammates standing behind him through this tumultuous time. They gave him the opportunity to be a manager, a head coach in the league. It's like, dang, the Celtics, yes. Boston. But I gotta again separate right. Boston Celtics from Boston, the city, and what he had to go through every night. We hear about Jackie Robinson, same type of situations, going to visiting teams and can't stay, uh, visiting cities and can't stay in a hotel with his baseball player, with his white baseball uh, teammate. But they have not yes. highlighted this. This man spent 88 years on this planet and, and what, the last 50 years in retired status on NBA, 
but there's not a lot of dialogue on that part other than the fact that, oh, this is Bill Russell. He shows up his rings. He was not a controversial uh, a player, a post-career, where he's making these, these, these um, you know, these absurd thoughts or, or, or say anything like that. So it's, it's really interesting why he was not highlighted and appreciated more uh, while he was here for the things he was able to accomplish. And I share your sentiments, our condolences to the family. What a great man. And I'm with you. Definitely GOAT status. Definitely GOAT status. And I yes. hope that we speak about him more. NBA community speaks about him more. And American history speaks about him more, what he's done. The least that they could do. Well, they the NBA uh, MVP, the trophy is named after him. That's the least that they could do. I want them to go one step further. And Magic Johnson actually came up with this idea. His number should be retired for all teams. Well. <laughs> Fade to black. What happened there? What happened? <laughs> we lost you. <laughs> you went black. On this. I, I saw. I, I, I didn't know it was me or that side. Damn, I heard the Magic Johnson piece and I'm black. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> three here we go three two one yes i would like that they retire his number the number six nobody to wear it for any team across the league that's to me that's the least that they can do but that's just me the fan the newfound fan of the bill russell uh legacy so uh any other thoughts sir before we move on I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think there should there should be something that in perpetuity, you know, either his his his, his jersey retired across the league. Uh, like I said, in the name of a trophy. I mean, they did that for Kobe. They've done something for Magic. They've done something for Larry Bird. But these guys again are 80s and 70s, 70s, 80s and 90s players in 2000. You know, for someone so critical to the game of basketball. I think it definitely has to be something um, monumental. Again, you're never going to take away Jerry West as the logo, but where, where is that Bill Russell? Hey, this guy is here, and this is what he did. This league looks like this because of this man. So I think something large should be on the horizon. All right, everyone. My name is Steve Howard. Thank you for tuning in. We are joined today by the newest retiree, Kim Johnson. Thank you for joining us here on the show, Kim. I'm super happy to be here, thanks. Oh, I bet you are. So the premise of what we're doing here is to educate transitioning military soldiers, sailors, Marine, airmen on the process and kind of giving them some tools that they can use as they go through their transition out of the whatever service it is they're in. So do I want to stay or do I want to go? And I was getting to that point of like, I wanted to explore other options. So I started trying to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up? What mm -hmm. do I enjoy? And I think the best thing I came across, and it might've been a YouTube video or somewhere, is that try to figure out what you would like doing and you'd be okay doing it for free, but figure out how to get paid for it. Yeah. I know they would have my back, but it's like, yeah. I refuse to be an adult living with my parents. So yeah. it's just like, uh, because I can't go, but so yeah, was, oh. have a plan, give yourself time. Well, transitioning, my man.
I'm wearing Dodger blue, not just because I'm a Dodger fan. That's a, a huge part of it. But in honor of Mr. Vin Scully, who we lost yesterday, ironic. We hear the news as the Dodgers are playing their arch rival, the San Francisco 40, uh, 49ers, the San Francisco Giants in the Bay. And the news comes down. I'm watching it on TBS and they say, uh, quote unquote, Vince Scully just passed away. And I'm like, this is cyclical. This is poetry to, to pass on this day when you're playing against the Giants. And I thought about Vince Scully his sound, his analysis of the game, his breakdown, his delivery. Bruh, 67 years as a Dodger announcer when they were in Brooklyn. Oh, guess who else was in New York at the time? The Giants. So is it? it's poetry. It's all poetry to have happen. His passing, as though he planned it, and I know he didn't because the good Lord has a plan uh, and he doesn't always tell us his plan. But to let Vince Coley on this particular, that day, last night, that he, he goes on to glory. Uh, before we go on to the breakdown of Vince Coley, I just want to say uh, to the Scully family, you allowed Vin to be in our homes, on our radios, on our TVs for 67 years. Some people broke it down like this, but I'll break it down like, like this. He was the voice of the Dodgers. When you listen to the game, you heard Vince Scully. Whether it's national or local, you heard Vince Scully. Welcoming you, welcoming you to sit down like it was a fireside chat. And he's going to share stories. He's going to break it down like a grandfather will. Like we want to be one day be able to share and tell a story and you would be enthralled by the story. You're sitting at the edge of your seat by the story. His recall was remarkable, even in his advanced age. To be able to go from Brooklyn to L.A., but he never missed a beat. To go through racial injustices, to see the Jackie Robinsons, the Sandy Colfaxes, to, to, but he doesn't miss a beat because he it was about the game. And it was not about his persona or his personality or his... His, 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 him. It wasn't about him. But in his memory, in right now, as we recall, it is about him. He was the Dodgers. It wasn't Kirk Gibson. It wasn't uh, Tommy Lasorda. All these memories, the Steve Garveys, the Ron Says, the, it wasn't, it was Vin Scully that helps me remember those stories, those World Series, when we go up against the Yankees and, and the Reggie Jacksons and the story, it was Vin Scully. Not about the win or the loss of the game. If you think about it, it was really about the moment, a three hours of a getaway with Vin Scully. So a great storyteller, a great orator of the game, and you had me then. So I, I'm going to miss you. Yes, we can. Can you be replaced? No. Can you be duplicated? No. There will be somebody in your stead trying to do and give us the, the word, the game, 
in those that three hour span. There are going to be the Al Michaels. There's going to be the Rick Mondays that they uh, 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 or whoever. But you will not be replaced. Why? Because you made it into the hearts of most Los Angelinians, to include myself. I toss it to you, sir. We say the word iconic, man. I mean, it's, he's he's the Dodgers broadcaster, but he has national appeal. Not too many local markets have a sportscaster or broadcaster has national appeal. You know, and, and when you think about the Dodgers and our glorious history, you think of iconic members. Jackie Robinson, you said Sandy Koufax. You know, you have Vince Scully. I mean, timeless sword. There are certain names that you hear automatically think Dodger Blue. There is no way. So I'm with you again. Diehard Lakers, diehard Dodgers. It's part of my, you, you talk about 67 years. So when I'm brought into this world and I'm catching on to baseball, I have my four-year-old picture. There's a picture of me in my little Dodger uniform playing baseball. In Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, my team is the Dodgers. Four years old with the chap lips and everything, sitting up there cheesing, you know, but that's that's all I know. And to watch the game, it's I could watch a game right now, and I'm watching the game, I'm hearing the commentator. Got it. Bo and I watched the game with Vin. We were watching it together. And as you stated, I could sit there in my home feeling like I have popcorn, I have the Cracker Jack, I have the hot dog, and he's sitting right there with me. Hey, Vic, do you know in 1967 when Sandy Koufax, and it's just like, you're talking to me. I'm not watching this on TV. You and I are sitting here in, you know, in in the, you know, bleach, uh, row 27, aisle 17, and I'm 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 in the seat right next to you. Hey, hey, Vin, did you need something? I'm about to go to a snack bar. I'm going to concession seventh inning stretch. That's how intimate he made the experience for 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 watching baseball. And so, you know, he lived a great life. I mean, we we we're we're celebrating a life. Uh, and and as you stated, what he's seen, what he's been able to share, the stories. Again, here it is in the 2000s. You can tell a story about Sandy Koufax or meeting Jackie Robinson, and you're sitting there like, "Tell me more." And then he'll then he'll make his 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 classic pivot. He's like, "Yes, in 1967, they took the mound, and at that point in time, you will know. Oh, we got a ground ball in third, uh, right down the third baseline, <laughs> and it's like, no, then they'll come right back to it. It's like, yo, that was smooth, <laughs> and you're just watching it. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's there's often duplicated, never imitated type thing, one of a kind, iconic to the Scully family. We love you for lending him and gifting us, gifting him to us. And so uh, classic, as you stated, the, the, you know, his passing, when it's happening, just connecting those dots. But for a team that's already 35 games over 500, best believe. Dave Roberts said at the beginning of this year, if this isn't, we didn't need the classic win one for the Gippers, but if there is something to add another level of fuel and energy to mm. an already highly mm. motivated team. Okay, man, please. 
Man, please. We got six minutes left in okay. baseball. Okay. <laughs> one for Vin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. we 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 about to turn it up the notch. I, I just it's gonna be very exciting the last I six like weeks of the season. Uh what's going to happen. But Dave Roberts called his shot in, in spring training. So uh again, uh thank you, Vin, for your time. Thank you for sharing your love of baseball with us, and thank you for the countless memories. In that connection. NFL in particular, we want to. I want to talk about, and I'm going to be brief about the Deshaun Watson ruling. Earlier this week, the arbitrator came down and said he's going to be suspended for the first six games. Count them, six games. A couple of days passed by, and now the NFL wants to what review or challenge or appeal? What the NFL Players Association and the owners agreed on the arbitrator. What are you going to do? What are you going to appeal for when this is the person you said was going to, you should live and die with the arbitration ruling? That's my number one problem. Now it looks like it's a monkey court, a kangaroo court. Call it whatever you want, but it don't look legit. It looked like all that was BS. And I know my pastor may be watching, but that's some BS right there. My second problem, he is not the problem. I got Daniel Snyder doing what he's doing and has a toxic uh, environment down there and he can be on a boat somewhere in the Mediterranean and you're going to tell me that Deshaun Watson right now is a problem? Y'all need to miss me with this BS. Leave Deshaun alone. Give him his six games. You should have got it right the first time. If it wasn't, if it ain't more, leave him alone. Yeah, I'm a little adamant about this. Yeah, he may be guilty. I get it. But you guys decided and we agreed on the arbitrator. Leave him alone. Go get Daniel Snyder, white man. Okay, owner. But the problem is, and I'm done with it. Bro, go ahead before I get upset. Man, I, I don't know where to go on this thing. Like you said, hey, the, the, there's an issue in the NFL. I'll say that right there. From an organizational leadership standpoint, be consistent. I, I will tell you that there's smoke, there's fire, but dang, man, six games. But so if I do a drug violation, I get six games. We know that some of this stuff is founded on even being in a situation. 
I wish that he got the twelve, the, the full year indefinite. So why is the NFL not happy with what was agreed upon? I'm with you on that part. So what? Now you want now the NFL wants to appeal to who? To the NFL? So now even if that's the case, I would say Deshaun has a case to say, look, I'm getting unfairly judged now. Y'all already cited. So if I didn't get what you wanted from the punishment, then you should have punished me off the get-go. So now because you didn't get what you wanted, now you're going to do a double jeopardy? So there's that piece. But I think at the beginning, let's stop making sexual assault and let's stop making sexual uh, violations, har- har- harassment as some optional thing. We need to be swift. We've been talking about Deshaun Watson for at least two seasons now. But yet, to your point, John Gruden took a shot shotgun to the chest last year and he still can't recover. But we know those emails he had was in the stuff that's happened to watch the commanders. But an owner is walking away like nothing happened. We know what happened years ago with Greg Hardy with the Cowboys. We know what happened years ago with Ray Rice. So we're talking about this dude that has these experiences with these massage therapists and he gets six games. I, I, I just want consistency. But I also don't want the NFL, the Players League, and all, all these entities, Roger, to not put the respect towards women as they should. If someone is in a situation where they're disrespecting women, you and I are both girl dads. Why, why are we even still talking about this? If he was found guilty, then punish him or ban us behind for the doggone lean. I don't want to watch that. Now you're also messing with the female fan base. What are we saying? What are we saying? We, we have an issue not only in the league but in this country where we're allowing certain things that are just freaking morally and ethically wrong to be tolerated. And I'm going to tell my daughter, who loves going to these football games, when she asks the question, well, Daddy, did he do this or didn't this happen? Yeah, but the NFL did give him. But that equals someone who, who pissed hot. So, I mean, even with Antonio Brown, when he got himself caught in the jam, started trying to bounce around the team, trying to avoid that suspension, they finally got him. And I believe he spent a year, uh, almost a year gone. So it, it's, it's, it's the consistency piece. But to your, to your argument out the, out the get-go, if they've already made the ruling, Live with the ruling. If you want to take it out the hands of the court, the NFL, do what you thought was right to begin with. Don't wait till you get the public outcry. Oh, I thought the judge was going to do Because even a judge said, based upon history, I'm going to rule this. So now you mad? Nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. Live with it. And live, live with it. But you know what? We always say, if it don't make dollars, don't make sense. Until sponsors... Start making us think about this till sponsors start saying we appreciate and we respect women's rights. We respect uh, 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 you know, the, the ideal of womanhood in the league. And just like they did with Black Lives Matter and some of the sponsors made very bold statements. And then the league had, had, had forced Roger Goodell to come before a, a, a camera and make a statement on Black Lives Matter as if he had a gun to his head. Until that level of outcry, until that level of level of pressure is placed on him to do something about the violation of women in the sports, this is just this is just this is just empty air and conversation. Yeah, yeah. So 
more to come on the NFL, uh, Deshaun Watson. I'm like you. Let's 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 move on already. Let's move on, but let's get some let's let's get some consistency throughout. Uh, I think that's only fair. So, Deshaun, bro, uh, yeah, you got a fetish, you got a problem, and uh, you didn't do anything criminal, or did you? I don't know. You paid out of court. It looks like a, a sign of guilty. And then you, I'm like, you got a ruling of six games. You got off light. But now it looks like they're going to come get you now, bro. So I don't know if to feel sorry for you or not. Being a girl dad, as he spoke, uh, uh, my co-host spoke up. Yes, bro. Um, you're in a bad way right now. Cleveland, you guys cannot sleep at night right now. I don't know what to say. But there's a lot of injustices or unfairness within the NFL. So it's hard to it's hard to feel good about the game or the product right now when we got this inconsistency and unjust, unjust coming from the top. So uh, good luck, Deshaun. Good luck. We're at the end of the show, Vic. Man, we went 100 miles per hour, bro, and we got here fast, quick, and in a hurry. However, I know there's more that we can talk about, more that we can share. We talked about health we, from the top. We talked about Bill Russell. We talked about Ben Scully. We hit the road with Deshaun right there in the NFL. And I just want to say to our fans that if you took a few minutes just to be with us, let us offer a distraction. But hopefully we stretch the brain and mind on the Bill Russells. Maybe, maybe there's more to these athletes than just dribbling the ball. Uh, and so do your research. Look these guys up. Uh, and hopefully they're making a difference in their society or where, whatever city they're in. We want to say thank you for joining with us. We love you. We'll be back next week, and let's keep it going. I'm out. Hey, fans, family, and friends, it's been great again. Hey, summer's almost over. School starts next week for some, for some of you all. Be safe on your travels back to college and enjoy this next the year of school. Be safe, be safe, be safe. Have fun, be productive. Hey, to everyone else, hey, summer's been a whirlwind. It's been great. We're getting settled in. In a couple of weeks, NFL starts, and that fall season classic is about to happen. So let's make this thing happen. Meanwhile, let us know what you want to talk about. Continue feeding us on our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Love hearing from you. Men, we said it in the beginning. Take care of yourself. Our families need us. I need you. Handle your business. Until next week, we take it to the house and we out.